This is Smash Notes, a podcast that brings you a weekly summary of the best podcasts on the internet. Music for this episode is provided by Adam Singer. You can find Adam on Twitter at Adam Singer or check show notes for details. As always, the rest of the music you can find at the end of the episode. Let's get started. Do you like science? I do. And Bill Nye, the science guy, has a new podcast all about science. I've listened to a couple of episodes, and to be honest, I'm not super impressed. I didn't grow up listening to Bill Nye, the science guy, as a child, so I can't relate to his early success. But if I'm listening to a scientific podcast, I want hard science. I want something that can be proven. I want facts. And I want you to teach me something that I didn't know. However, what I'm hearing instead is a lot of maybes, a lot of let's save the planet with these big goals and ideas, and very little of hardcore evidence-based science. However, on his episode with Ali Ward, who has a podcast called Oologis, they did say something which I think is important to share. Do you have to be smart to understand science? Let's see what they had to say. New thing to be made, mm -hmm. be that either uh, electronic microphone and podcasts, yeah. <laughs> mobile phones, or... Uh, vaccines. Sure. People have a fear of this stuff. Right. Right. Magic. Now, technology generally makes your life better. Oh, sure. As do vaccines and medicine. I think it's great. I think I think that's the thing is just closing that rift with people and letting people know that just there's there's not a science person and a not science people. We're all science people. If we, if you've ever ridden in a car or seen a doctor or eaten something that's cooked, you're a science person. And I think closing closing that rift of like, in order to be interested in science, you already have to know the science is a is like the biggest problem that we have with it because it's just science is curiosity and just asking questions is is the only key ingredient you need to be interested in science is just curiosity. And one of the biggest things that I try to promote with what I do is just ask smart people stupid questions because so much you're so afraid what's, a, what's one of your favorite stupid questions oh my god bill i asked the dumbest stuff it's the best <laughs> for my job I ask, can you think of one? Oh god i ask what people's favorite movie about their subject is and then you'll see like a volcanologist just light up and start talking about inferno versus dante's peak and uh, like yeah. what they liked about it what they hated about it and and just things like I, I'll never forget, I had a selenologist who's a moon expert on this. The Selene is the moon, yeah? Mm -hmm, yeah. She's amazing. She is, her story is fantastic. She's so smart. And um, she knows everything about the moon. You can ask her anything. And then she submitted a question for a testudinologist, which is a turtle expert. And her question was, can turtles get out of their shells? She was, she's like, I don't know. I don't study turtles. And the turtle expert was like, that's one of the biggest questions I get. And a turtle shell is like fused to their, it's like their vertebrae. The spine is yeah. part of the shell, yeah. But she's like, I get, yeah, I get that question mm. all the time. So okay, enough about turtles. What I really like is that they said that everyone is a science person and that if you want to understand science, all you need to do is be curious and ask smart people stupid questions and that it's totally okay to ask stupid questions. I think that's very, very important. Now, this next episode is all about health. Do you know who Scott Jurek is? If you're into running, you know Scott is kind of a hero in the ultramarathon running world because uh, he's just amazing and he tends to win everything he participates in. 
If you want to know more about Scott and ultra running, you should definitely check out his book called Eat and Run, My Unlikely Journey to Ultramarathon Greatness, to which I link in the show notes. But today I wanted to share a segment with you from my friend's podcast uh, called The Backpacker Radio, where uh, Scott and his wife talked uh, came to talk about his latest achievement when he did the Appalachian Trail and set the record for the fastest known completion time. If you run long distances, you'll be able to relate to this. And if you don't run long distances, uh, this segment will kind of put you in the mind of what it's like to be running 30, 50, 100 mile races. It's really, it's a physical challenge for sure, but it's it's a physical challenge, but it's definitely of the mind and, and then some, like you go to places where you never think you have. I was going to say, do you lose your mind? Because it sounds like you're a hamster at that point. You do. And you, you actually, I try to tell people like I, I try to lose my mind in the sense of I try not to think too much. I mean, it, uh-huh. you use thinking for the basic things, strategy. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of through hikers and hikers can relate to this as well, that there are times when you just got, you've just got to do the basics in terms of mental machinery. And then after that, it's just, you kind of find somewhere else to go, um, whether it's, a yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether it's music. It's That's- when I was on the AT people, it was so funny. I'd be like, I'd see all these people watching movies in the middle of the night or, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock and they'd be all cozy in their sleeping bag. Yeah. And they're like, uh, Scott, <laughs> we're out here for six months. Like, yeah. you know, we need to watch Netflix once in a while. Yeah. Game of Thrones. All right. <laughs> exactly. They're going to spoil it for me. So I was, I was shocked at that, but, um, it's interesting. I, I think so. Yeah. You, your mind goes all kinds of places. My events you know, are of the type of 24 hours, but whereas you're on a trail for, you know, three months, four months, five mm-hmm. months, six months. Um, yeah, you need to go other places. So yeah. mindless activity. So the idea is, yeah, mindless activity doesn't go too far awry and you start to go places like, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, even though you go there occasionally. Well, there you have it. If you're looking for a new podcast to maybe take you into a different territory to listen to something you're not usually consuming, this is a great one. Go to the show notes and check out Backpacker Radio, Jenny and Scott Jurek on the Appalachian Trail, Speed Record Parenting, and What's Next. If you like startups or maybe you're working at one, then you know of this things called unicorns, billion-dollar startups that raise lots and lots of money and try to dominate the market. But there's also a new movement, new movement of startups that are trying to be profitable and not raise any VC money. And within it, there's actually a sub-movement of startups uh, run by single founders with no employees. To give you a taste of what it's like, here's Abby Walker, the founder of Vivian Liu, a shoe company, talking on a podcast called Company of One about building a company that she manages and built entirely with a team of contractors and no employees. Honestly, that when people are like, are you serious? You could be growing so much faster and you should be taking on investors and you should be in Nordstrom and you should be here and you should be there. And why aren't you doing this? Honestly, I questioned myself. I'm like, I, am I stupid? Am I dumb? Am I good enough to even run this company if it could be so much bigger than what I'm dreaming of it being? And I keep going back to, it's easier now these days to sit in my vision because I hear people, I go to conferences, I'm in masterminds and business owners' number one complaint are always human resource issues. Someone quit in the middle of a big project. Someone was stealing from them. Someone was, they have a huge hole that needs to be filled and they can't find the right person. Like I feel like most of the people who are building brands and building businesses, most of their heartache and most of their time is spent worrying about other people, not their customers, but people in their businesses. And so I actually had a phone call today with a woman who runs 
a multi-million dollar business. She and I are in a mastermind together and she and I spoke just separately today. She's like, when we first started our mastermind, my mission was to convince you that you should grow a team. And she goes, as of today, I think you are extremely (laughs) smart for not wanting employees and growing a team. So it's the same thing. She's like, every time I have a human resources issue, I think of you. I'm like, man, I should think like Abby. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, I no longer believe that I am stupid or dumb. I feel like I am incredibly smart because while my way of life may not be the way of life for everyone and, you know, they may want to build big legacy companies and huge companies and big brands that are spread everywhere in every retail location. That's just not my vision and that's not me. But I am very happy selling insoles for high heels from my home and wearing yoga pants and high heels. (laughs) But wearing yoga pants and high heels and making myself a turkey sandwich for lunch versus having to go out for lunch with people and you know that kind of stuff. It's covered my lost corporate salary and then some. And I'm hoping to retire my husband soon. And so at some point I'm like, I feel like there's building a business, you can reach diminishing returns where you're trying to get so big. If you want to hear more of Abby, you should go to smashnows.com and look for the Company of One podcast. Personally, I really like that she's chasing her own goals without trying to fit any predefined mold. Speaking of setting your own goals, I also want to share with you a story of a company called One Month's. Two founders who were teaching a general assembly and noticed that a lot of people really wanted to learn how to code and code specific things within a short period of time. So they started a company around it and now they're running it profitable and they're having a great time doing it. They have a lot of good points on this episode, but since coding schools and all sorts of code lessons are becoming really popular right now, I wanted to share the part where they talk about pricing their product and how customers experience online code schools and what questions they have and how you could think while uh, doing a similar business. Any advice for people like kind of thinking about really tough? And um, I definitely don't pretend to like come here and be like, hey, this is how you do pricing because I feel like it's different for every product, service, and I think it's the kind of thing you have to experiment and really learn the market and also like what, what people are willing to pay. So I would say it's definitely something we've struggled with and do a lot of testing on. Um, we Things that just weren't, work, weren't working for us was we'd had different courses that were different prices. And I don't know, it, people were always confused, you know, why one course would be more than another course. Some of our courses come with mentorship, some of our courses of testing. But like on the front page, it's like hard to see all that. It's really hard to explain that value proposition for every one of our courses. Um, So to us, the subscription model of the annual subscription, um, people seem to be getting it more clearly. Like, oh, I just get everything. I think people just want access. Mm -hmm. And there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a people, I guess they feel a little hesitant when you have to, you know, am I going to binary? Am I going to buy this or not buy this? But if you get access to everything at a fair price, I think people are seeming to be more or less confused about what they're getting. Mm-hmm. So. There you heard it. There is no definitive answer to how to price your product. And sometimes you might just want to experiment a little bit and see what your users have to say. If you found this segment useful, then I would recommend checking out the rest of the show notes for this episode. And specifically the part where the founders of One Month uh, talk about how to explain your product to customers once uh, an abundance of code schools uh, start to pop up. Last but not least, I wanted to share with you a topic that's uh, interesting to me personally, which is education. 
this is from my interview with uh, Jeff Ralston, who is now the president of Y Combinator. This interview is about a year old, but I think if you like education and you like startups and you like Y Combinator, if you go and listen to the whole episode, it'd be really useful to you. But here's Jeff talking about stress and IQ. And I think this is really important because we live in a world where education becoming more and more important or seemingly more important. And people, uh, parents put a lot of pressure on their children to do really well in school. But the question is, is all that pressure really good for our kids? Uh, here's what Jeff has to say. Stress is, uh, in most cases, stress makes you, stress lowers your IQ <laughs> as an adult or as a child. And Literally, literally, if you give a stressed person an IQ test and you give a calm person an IQ test, the, the same person the IQ test, the same test, or the, the same version of the test, when they're calm, they'll do better. They'll have a higher IQ. And that's, that's something to think about. Also a great way to hack tests. That's why there's these, these, these drugs like Ritalin are so popular amongst kids. Because you can medicate yourself to do better on tests and you don't take uppers to do that. You take something that mm -hmm. calms your mind down so that you can focus because focus is, improves your IQ, at least the way we measure IQ now. We all feel that, right? That's what caffeine does. We know when, when uh, we're about doing something and we're caffeinated, all of a sudden, like uh, we just focus in and, and we have, you know, we have energy, but it's not like crazy. Certainly, we also know if we have too much caffeine and we're jittery, we have a harder time. But just the right amount really helps us, right? I guess that explains the Balmer peak, right? Where you're just caffeinated enough, but also uh, under the influence of alcohol enough that you balance that state for longer. Yeah, well, I don't want to comment on that. There's, that's, there's too <laughs> many chemicals there for me to make any comment on. But but I, I do think we all know, like, you know, that first cup of coffee while well, we're in jazz, we're doing great. If you have that fourth cup of coffee, not a good idea for any reason. You, all of a sudden you're like jumping, you know, you're, 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 you, you build ADD into yourself by doing that. And then it's hard to accomplish that. That's Jeff Ralston talking about stress. If you like education, startups, and parenting as much as I do, then I highly recommend checking out this interview with Jeff Ralston on the Rad Dad Show. He's got really great points on uh, many interesting topics, and you'd definitely have a good time listening to him. Jeff has also just been promoted to uh, the president of Y Combinator, so I'm really looking forward to uh, where Y Combinator is going to go under Jeff's leadership. Before we finish, there's one more thing I'd like to include. This is not from a podcast, but rather from an essay on Justin Kahn's blog. If you follow Justin, you know he is a very public person, and he openly talks about both his successes and his challenges. And since we are talking about stress, I thought this was very, very relevant. Justin has previously talked about how, even though he's been able to make millions of dollars and build all the successful companies, he wasn't always happy. And he talked about what caused that unhappiness and what he's been working on in order to make himself happier. This essay, to which I'll link in show notes, goes in more details where Justin explains what's worked and what didn't, and how he's been able to make himself happier over the last couple of months. In case you too are successful but feeling unhappy, I think you should check out this essay and maybe you'll find the answer. This concludes this week's episode of Smash Notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review and tell your friends. This podcast and the show notes are only going to get better and better the more people know about it. You can follow Smash Notes on Twitter at Smash Notes or subscribe to the mailing list to get notified when new show drops. I'll see you next Monday. And for now, Azure from Adam Singer. 